<laughs> Coming to you over the Menekano Magic Zoom Airways. <laughs> it's the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your host, Steve O, at Drunk Shy Sox Fan on Twitter. And hot take, Tommy. And are we going to say Frank Menachino? Menekano. Menenchino. Are we going to say his name right this podcast? That's what you should stay tuned for. <laughs> and so much more about this. This is our season recap. This is it. This is, so, yeah, we took time to reflect and this, we are going to come at you with real thoughts about what we thought went down in the season. Basically. And I haven't even had a sip of beer yet. All of this is brought to you by us. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review, do all that, please. And thank you. Um, we appreciate all of the lovely shout outs that people give us. Um, that reminds me, um, last episode, I don't know why I spaced on it, but there is a shout out. Um, that someone gave us that I need to bring up, Tommy. Do you know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, I think he knows. That's why he's starting to choke. He's a little worried about what I'm going to read here. Um, no, I just forgot how to drink water. So This is from Seabrin35, uh, who, who we know all too well on this <laughs> podcast, Tommy and I do. He's been on this podcast a couple times. He may go by the name of Carrie. Um, at that baseball fan on Twitter, reluctant is what he said with a five-star rating, not a one-star rating, a five-star. Uh, he said, I was very reluctant to give this show five stars, but I had no choice. One of these guys can't make a pizza for his life, nor can he have an analytic baseball combo, but we still love him. <laughs> Anyone that cheers for Wellington Castillo. And he said, Wellington Castillo's like plural, uh, needs to be put down forever. So you need to be put down, Tom, apparently, like a stray dog. The other guy on here, uh, uh, the other guy on her, the other guy on her is very handsome, thinks Abreu is bad at defense, which he brings up every episode, which not true. You, you do. And is, you always, and is always dancing, which is very true, including dancing on the grave of his co-host when he is wrong about prospects becoming elites. <laughs> I will keep listening to this podcast because I love them so much. Hashtags Tommy's beard sucks. Um, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, man. Um, that's yeah. We love Carrie. He's, he's just a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Can be a big online troll from time to time, but we oh, do love the him. biggest of online trolls. <laughs> I think that's his calling in life and he is living into it. That he- baseball troll. <laughs> new username (laughs) yeah that'll be good that'll be a nice burner nobody will see that it's him nobody will tell (laughs) oh well tom quick recap what what's going on since the last time we recorded a podcast oh geez um gotta be plus in one of my classes and the other one hasn't posted grades yet so hopefully good news bad news yo (laughs) low-key If I get a bad grade in this second class that I'm in, it's literally immigration law for paralegals. That's the name of the class. So that's what I do for a living. If I don't get an A in this class, if I don't get an A in this class while I'm physically doing the job it's preparing me for, we got problems. So I'm going to count on that being an A. But uh, yeah, um, they, they were just posted today. So that's why I was like, it's top of mind. But your man's is doing it, living the dream, going to school and working at the same time. Let's go, baby. You already know. 
I feel that on a spiritual level. <laughs> um, he said after coming home from youth group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm exhausted. So, Tom, you're really going to have to amp this thing up, man. Oh, let's take it to 11. No, um, we we I, what have we done? Both well, of us? since together, since we recorded last, we went to game four of the ALDS. We which was didn't cry. We didn't, we didn't cry. We did not. We thought about but, it. The guy behind us was thought sad. he was going to cry. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. It, it was really sad. It was, it was tough to say goodbye. Um, now here's the thing. The would season. it have been, would it have been harder to watch like a six to five final for Houston or would it have been harder to watch what we watched? I gave that a lot of thought actually. You know, I would way rather have our club be in it because it would have a way different taste in the mouth. You know, like you, you walk out the stadium knowing that you scratched and clawed. Right. And it was devastating. But your guys are out there. It felt like the team didn't even roll up. Like, I mean, well, not even that. Like, I feel like they were trying their hardest and still were way sh- that's where it hurt because it wasn't an effort thing with my eyes like i i mean based on what i could see right yeah. it did not look like it was for a lack of effort that we got blown the fuck out we were just that much worse than the astros that's what it felt like and that's where it hurt me to my core because <laughs> it's like i watched this team like beat the crap out of all these bums all year and it was great you know great for the ego but yeah being there live and like feeling the energy getting sapped out of the ballpark yeah i yeah and i know we we talked about that we talked about that a little bit during and after that game and and how i felt like the crowd was dead And, and i think a lot of that had to deal with it looked like the team gave up after they went down, even after they went down two one. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. I disagree vehemently with you on that. Um, I don't think it was for a lack of effort. Like I said earlier, like it's it's not. It wasn't because they didn't want to be there. It's not because for sure they, they got beat and they. they did. This is this is the other thing though is that they felt the pressure of all of it. They felt the moment in a way that they've never felt it before that I think got to them more. And I think the size of the crowd and the energy of the crowd was such that it w- it felt like a weight to them. That's what the energy felt like. Like, yes, I can read energies. I know I'm a big deal. I'm like, <laughs> let me get my tarot cards and go talk to Liam Hendricks as well. No, I, but like it, it felt like there was a wet blanket on the stadium um, after we went down to one, um, which is tough because it's like, yo, you're only down to one. But oh, for sure, we were definitely like the loudest ones in our section for a vast majority. of the This game. is the thing, though, like you <sighs> I, I told you there at the ballpark, and I'm going to tell you again, you're, you can't get on a fan base for you can't get on 40,000 people and be like, you, you can't. You didn't yell. You didn't yell loud enough. You didn't yell loud enough. Like, I'm it's not like, saying that's the reason they lost, but I'm just saying yeah, it was also like a 
four and a half hour affair. So you can't be screaming your head off for four and a half hours with nothing. I mean, my, vo- my voice was gone for the next two days still. So I, I mean, I agree, but also like, you can't expect that. Like if the team doesn't give you any energy, you can't expect the, the, stands to manufacture it it's just not in human nature you know like yeah. uh, you're, you're asking something that's it's just not possible it doesn't matter if you're no like i know philadelphia or so something let, where they scream at everything i don't know like let's talk let's talk about the game itself where did it seem like what was the most glaring thing to you where it's like yes houston's better um the t- the two run single that Correa you know commented about like the the literal two run single that Correa hit off of Rodon the ninety nine mile an hour fastball that Rodon trying to pump past him um that was the top of the third I believe um and that was the one that Correa had a comment about where Correa went to the mics and after the game and said you know um I saw Rodon come off the mound inning earlier pumping his chest excited about striking out Jordan Alvarez on a fastball. So I knew that he had me at two strikes with two outs and he was going to come with a fastball and I was ready for it. And then he pumped it into, you know, left field. Like he just knew Correa. He just knew the moment recognized what Rodon was going to do knew ahead of time, how to attack Rodon's fastball. And just executed plate that right there was yeah, plate approach, plate discipline, plate like like and but I think wider than that for me, it's like understanding of the moment, being able to like for Rodon, that's the first time he's ever pitched in that size of a game, right? Like he pitched <clears throat> mm-hmm. like anyway in relief, but yeah, not the same. Um that moment. I don't mean to be a dick about it. And like, obviously I've never been in a moment like that. So I don't really know, but it felt like, you know, Rodon knew that his fastball was working for him for the first time in a long time. So he wanted to pump it past him where he should have. And this is on Grandal too. Grandal should have called for breaking stuff. He just should have called for breaking stuff in that moment and just trusted it. You know, like you're, it's hard to tell without, you know, seeing the footage in front of me right now um, and, and seeing when it comes down where, to where that pitch was called and whatnot. And, and maybe, yeah, I guess if, you know, two out situation and you already took care of one guy with a heater, the next inning, you might not want to do the same exactly. when you've got an experienced hitter up at the plate. Um, and it's the best fastball being said, hitting Rodon, team in the league. If Rodon's not confident in that pitch and two strikes, why is he not throwing? So, I mean, he was confident as hell. He well, pumped, he pumped well, it up there near 100 miles an hour, but but that also takes it wasn't the right, recognition. If that's it wasn't the, the right throw, it wasn't the right pitch in my call, in my opinion. And I think that that has to do more with the moment being too big for Rodon or for Grandal or whatever than like it was in Correa's mind. Correa just sat back, cranked it. Too too big for Grandal, the guy who like hasn't missed the playoffs in like five years. Look at his record in the playoffs, fam. We all—it's—it's it's a part of his part of his packages that he really. I didn't re- I didn't realize that one guy uh, turned out a whole team effort. I'll say this. I'll say this. I think we're focusing too much on now. Here's the deal. I think we're focusing too much on 
the ticky tacky stuff, like what pitch a guy through versus like how much listen versus like how long a starter can go. Like, look at our starting pitching throughout the first four games. Throughout I agree with games. you wholeheartedly. Before we move on to the starting pitching, you did ask me for one moment that I felt like in the game was the turning point. So I gave you the one moment in the game I felt like it was the Fair turning enough. point. So back you finally, to starting you pitching. You finally because... answered the question. <laughs> um, I mean, starting pitching was, was awful. The, the whole time? Yeah. The bullpen, who I said was the X factor, was only the X factor. For the white in favor of the White Sox for one single game, and it was their one win. Yeah, the offense, and this is why I named myself over the Zoom airwaves Manekano Magic here, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to pronounce it right until something <laughs> until changes. He, until, until he has results. <laughs> it, the result, the offensive results, outside of Game Three, horrendous for a team with so much talent. Part of that is plate approach. Part of that is not hitting the ball into the ground. Uh, I think a lot of this, and a lot of people on White, uh, on White Sox Twitter were, were ragging on the whole comment that he made about effort. We hit 300. I don't know if that's an yeah. over-exaggeration over one comment that he made, but I think it does say a lot about what he tried to do with this team this year, yeah. which was put the ball into play more, strike out less, which, yeah, the team does need to strike out less, but... You don't get hits by hitting the ball on the ground anymore. This isn't the 1920s. It actually, it works really well if balls are hit on the ground against us. The people because we don't yeah. shift correctly, which is another shift, issue. And we're not the oh, best defensively. We're like super average defensively. I mean, I've already said yeah. this. A game two was stolen from the White Sox because Tony LaRusa did not manage properly or our analytics department didn't look at the numbers properly uh, to prep LaRusso or to prep Cairo or whoever, you know, it, it, I've already said that it's That's a tough take, be but I understand eating a dead horse. So, all right. All that being said, I've said it already. You agreed with me. The AL is going to run through that series right now. Houston's up three, two. Yeah. On Boston. I got to ask this quick question. Chris Sale was on the mound, pitched five really solid innings, and then kind of fell apart at the end. Did the White Sox win the Chris Sale trade, yes or no? You're such an asshole for it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to argue that the Sox won it because Sale's got a ring, and he is still in the playoffs right now. Yep. So, you know, with his injury, you know, like incorporate that into your calculus as well. I don't know, man. It's I, we got Mancata and we've got Giolito. So that's not the trade. That was you we can't. Got. I'll say this right now. You can't build an entire franchise around one pitcher. Let me correct myself. Kopech. We've got both of those guys. What did you there. say? I said Giolito fam. Um, they Whoa. both wear red. They both wear red. No, Yikes. Um, but yes, Kopech. Was the other piece. We, and to, to reiterate, though, we, we do have both of them on the team. We do have both of them producing. So it's tough to argue. I think this is one of those like Rick Hahn moves where he's going to say, ah, you know what? We, uh, 
trade is supposed to work out for both teams. And he does that lawyer speak and blah, blah, blah. He sounds a little bit more um, elaborate, I guess, than I do right now. But I think this is one of those where it's like, actually, both teams got what they wanted. Yeah, I'll keep it simple. I already tried saying it, but I'll go back on it. You can't build a franchise around one single starting pitcher. You can't. Your cornerstone guy can't be a guy that only plays once every five days. Maximum, right? So what they did for Chris Sale to get Yoan Mankata and Michael Kopech and I think Basabe was another one. And then I want to say it was Victor Diaz was the fourth guy. Somebody can back check, fact check me on that one. Bums. That, That being said, no one won this. I mean, both teams won. Both teams won. The Red Sox got their ring, and Sale is still pitching. The White Sox have Moncada, who was, if I'm not mistaken, the highest war player on their team this year. And Michael Kopech, who's going to be absolutely incredible, and I still fully believe in, despite what we saw in the playoffs, despite what we saw at points throughout this season. It's a trade that needed to be made especially for the White Sox rebuild to re-kick, you know, to kickstart the White Sox rebuild and get them going again instead of living in baseball purgatory. You don't like saying I agree with you, do you? You, you don't like saying that. I Absolutely I, not. I, <laughs> Absolutely not. I agree with you. I agree with you, Steve, um, as, yeah, like that's not a trade. And I think that's, that's very fun to point out, though, is that like that trade is going to be going that trade is going to go down in history. We're going to remember that forever. This like ALDS is going to go down forever in our memories. We're going to remember these games. We're going to remember the touch points. I'm literally going to forever remember the moment that my favorite pitcher gave up a base knock to give up the lead in the ALDS. I'm going to remember that moment watching it live for the rest of my life. Especially since you'll never see him again in a White Sox uniform. (sighs) Probably not. Well, we'll talk about that in a bit. (laughs) But let's talk about more positive notes first, Tom. I want to get your top three moments from this season. Yo, um, this was a fun one for me to kind of like go back into the memory vault here. Um. I think there, I I have a few like um, honorable mentions, by the way, but number one, do you need five? Do you need a a, a five top five? I could take a top five. I'll do a top five. Like a, like a Steve-O final five for the final five (laughs) of the season. I will do five. um, Gladly. Now um, I think number one, a is going to be the corn game. Um, We had, uh, you come over and we just drank and <laughs> enjoyed ourselves, <laughs> um, <laughs> and had it on the big screen, listening to Joe Buck call a great game. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And the walk off and the going back and forth, going toe to toe with the Yanks who had owned us most of the year. Um, that was good. I, I really enjoyed that game and, you know, TA showing out in the on the big screen was was just awesome. Um, could have used more from Lynn. Uh, but <laughs> the number two is going to be the toe hitter for me, um, where 
Carlos Rodon lost the perfect game off of uh, what was it? Perez's fat ass foot. Um, and yeah, it was, I, I literally, uh, I watched the replays of that, uh, the full game. I watched the full replay of it before bed. And I was, it was what, like midnight <laughs> when I finished watching it over and man, yeah, it was, it was awesome. That was, I mean, that was when we still were saying like, oh, he's pitching great at the start of the season, but is this going to last? Right. And then he throws a no hitter almost perfect game. I mean, it's Cleveland, but still like that was awesome. It was just electric in, in my mind. And it, it cemented like the magic of this season or so I thought I was like, this season is going to be it because stuff like this is happening where Carlos Rodon is all of a sudden this world beater of a pitcher where he was not <laughs> very recently. Um, the third one for me is, is this is a hot take. So uh, y'all remember when you Mercedes went eight for eight. Oh, here we go. Start the season. No one's ever done that. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's cool. No one's ever done that period in baseball. So having your mean Mercedes do that. And it was a shitty, it was a shitty opening series for the Sox. We, I shouldn't say that shitty, but it was, it was late at night every night because they were starting at like 9 PM to open the season out in Anaheim or whatever it. So having your mean Mercedes like do that really picked me up to start the season. And then he carried us for the first like April, May, you know, we, we wouldn't have won as many games as we had if it weren't for him. So that definitely deserves a shout out. Um, now four and five are kind of interchangeable for me mm -hmm. and they're electric moments from guys off the bench, obviously. Cause that's bench mob was a big deal this season with uh, really was with all the injuries. So it's Brian Goodwin's walk off um, shutting up the haters, including myself the um, the 25 foot bat foot exactly yes let's get the stat absolutely incredible yeah that was and and it was literally i think a day after i had hopped on this here microphone and said that i wouldn't have ever i wouldn't ever put him on my playoff roster i think is what i said or something like yeah. that and he just like went off um and delivered one of the best moments of the season. One of the best photos of this era of Absolutely. White Sox baseball. Um, and then five slash four interchangeable in my mind is the um, uh, Billy Hamilton sliding uh, catch in the dirt with uh, the rain pouring down and yeah. Liam Hendricks reacting to it. And uh, it was that was an amazing moment. And it's couldn't have happened to a better guy. We all love Billy Hamilton for for who he is mostly off the field. Um, but uh, yeah, he's as long he's, as he doesn't have a bad sense. He's a spark plug. I love it. Um, you know what? The reason why we didn't win more games in the playoffs is because we didn't see him stealing bases. That's, uh, that's right, man. That's why, you know, we won. We lost to, by such close margins every game. Not that's right, man. Um, <laughs> we, oh man, yeah. So those are those are mine, and I have a shout out to a player at the very, very, very end of the season. But I'll holster that until you get through yours, because I think we'll want to talk about that together. So we will, we will. So 
I'll go through my five real quick. Point number one. You already know it's coming. No, I'm kidding. What's good, everybody? It's Vince D. We're going to do Um, My first one is definitely ALDS game three. Despite yeah, the way the series yeah. ended, the fact that I got to see another postseason victory, um, the fact that I was there to experience, you know, the girlfriend's first fiance. I just said girlfriend. Fiance's. Ha, first get it game. straight. I know. Idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Got to get that in my thick skull. Um, <laughs> the fact that she was there. The fact that I, I got to take my dad to a game, too. Yeah. Because they were my tickets, you know? Yeah. So I got to take my dad to a playoff game, whereas he did that for me back in 08. Mm-hmm. And we saw the game three win. Mm-hmm. That that meant a lot. That's crowning moment. Um, That's huge, yeah. For the season for me. Uh, number two. Rodon's no-no. It's the first no-no I've ever seen. Uh, and I loved just being proven wrong. I loved being proven wrong more than ever that day. The Pacificos tasted great, by the way. I believe it. <laughs> My third one is going to be the 17-13 to 13 slugfest against the Cubs. Because I think it said a lot about that team to give up six. They gave up a six spot in the first frame. A six spot. They were down six-nothing after half an inning and they came back and won that game 17 to 13. It's a good one. It's a good just poll. says a lot about the team. It says a lot about who they were and what they were about this year. Um, you know, Ricky's boys don't quit, <laughs> but uh, Tony's Tony's cronies are no phonies. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> At least it rhymes. Uh, I love it. That was, that's awesome. (laughs) Speaking of comebacks, point number four is going to be the, there was a comeback in June against Detroit that I was at. Um, And I was bouncing around seats. I was there with my cousin. Um, But Jameson, our buddy from college uh, was at that game and big Detroit guy. And we watched the part of the game together where Detroit came back and took the lead. And then the next half inning, I was like, man, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Yaz came up. He was like the first or second at bat that inning. And he took one deep to tie it. Um, And eventually the Sox won that game. And it's just like very like another one where Yasmani made such a big difference. Like I cannot emphasize enough how much the White Sox missed Yasmani's bat when he was injured and how much they missed it in the playoffs when he didn't, you know, do what he needed to do. Yep. Um, and point number five, it's kind of a multi favorite moment is just being, I, I, this is selfish of me, but it's being able to road trip this year. That's my, that's, that's, not selfish. that's a top that, five moment yeah. for me big time. I mean, and it probably is higher up on the list, but the fact that I got to not just go to games at these places, but experience the ballpark and take everything in with, with friends, new friends and, and hanging out with people. Um, in Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Milwaukee and in Kansas city. Yeah. Um, I consider myself really lucky. Um, so 41 total games this year, 39 regular season and two playoff. That's, I mean, that in and of itself is a highlight right there, you know, um, 
now I, I never thought I'd ever go to that many games, but I mean, the Lord knows that that should be impossible, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there you are, you know, um, and a lot of season ticket holders as well. Get, get out to a lot, but still, I mean, damn fam. That's a yeah. Lot. For a guy that had a, that split a 20 game package this year with somebody and I got to 41 total. I feel pretty good about that. And T and people say teachers don't work. You know what I mean? Like that's just ridiculous. I know it's like it's they're right or something. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Yes, support your teachers for God's sakes. Um, no, I I I loved all those moments. I mean, like that's I I think this is kind of driving at what I want to circle back to, kind of at the end of the episode, but. Before we get anywhere else, Steve, I really want to, you know, I put this on the list. I bolded it. I want to talk about the absolute last moments that the White Sox were in guaranteed rate this season. Yep. And we got to experience it together Um, as the stadium started to clear out. You and I uh, sat back, just kind of took in the last moments of, of being in the ballpark and you know, kind of watching the players and watching the Astros pose for their ALDS champs photo at the mound and all that. But you've got something that, you know, we both noticed and, and, and we talked about in person. I want you to elaborate more on that. Yeah. So we literally made the active choice of like, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to sulk for a while <laughs> and like really bemoan the fact that the season's done. Um and we look down on the field as the Astros are being dickwads and celebrating on the sod father's turf. But <laughs> we, we look down to our dugout and we're like, yo, there's somebody like still looking out at the field at the top step of the dugout or whatever. And it's Liam Hendricks just staring, staring out at the field, like, yeah, he was really drinking it in too. And like, yeah, it, it was a good thing to see because you know he wants it. It was that look, you know what I mean? Where he's like, it was right there and I'm watching somebody else celebrate. 100%. Um, big socks and five guy, Liam Hendricks. Um, yes. <laughs> So <laughs> for sure, even though he, he did not look good in his final. Uh, yeah. Gave final up moments. a three run bomb. After but all that being said, I hope, runners. Yeah. I hope that leaves him and I hope that leaves everybody else that's coming back next year. Super hungry to win it on the South side. You yeah. Know? Yes. And I, and that is another thing like, um, if I may, with a sixth greatest moment, um, <laughs> We have the Gavin Sheets solo home run, man. We had the stat, the stadium packed. We had him just pop it over, like what was it, a hundred and a hundred feet and six inches or something like that. Bomb you, barely. Oh, left four four hundred. You mean four hundred yeah. feet? Yes. Yeah, a hundred feet would not be going very far. No, no, <laughs> no. Four hundred and like yeah, barely, barely clipped the like edge of the wall to get out. And uh, he almost he almost had a multi home run game, um, but just yeah. the wrong shape. But it was yeah. It I mean was that's really something cool to think see. about. Gavin Sheets was one of your more productive, and that's that goes back to the offense, man. Gavin he Sheets being one of your more productive offensive players throughout the season, or pardon me, throughout the series, the ALDS. Yeah. Depressing. Um, yeah. 
but, but what i was go what ahead, i was Tom. getting at with it is you know we have that moment in game four and much of game three that the Sox can look back on and be like yo we want that more than anything that electric feeling in the ballpark where it's like the energy is just boundless they want that so bad Liam Hendricks wanted it and we saw him want it and that's a big deal for me and I also don't think it's fair to say like yes in his last outing he looked really not that great but his last like what month and a half was insane yeah he was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and really picked up picked up the slack for what Kimbrel wasn't so real well, speaking of guys coming back next year, uh, we've got a whole segment. Tony LaRussa. That, uh, <laughs> we got a whole segment on that coming up right after a drink break, so make sure you guys stay tuned. Indeed. There we go. Leave Tommy to be on the controls. Everything is going to come out perfect. Oh, it's splendid every time. The audio quality extraordinaire. So (laughs) golf clap for you, my friend. Um, Well, as mentioned uh, before the break, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about next season. uh, Because what would this podcast be if we just talked about what's already happened? We obviously got to throw our projections out there for some things that may happen during the off season. Right. Tom mm-hmm. got to no keep Mar- Mazzara, baby. Yeah. No more Mazzara. Definitely coming back. You already know, <laughs> um, but no, obviously uh, we like to look to the future, especially when our team is, is not in it. And, you know, we're a playoff team as seen, uh, but there's more left there to be desired. Right. Yeah, you're damn right. Um, you've got some fiery ass shit that you want to throw at me too. So. All right. Yeah. Let's uh let's get it straight popping right off the top. <laughs> Obviously, the display name on and and the intro today. Um, and like I said, I'm not saying it correctly. Maneka, no. Um, <laughs> Frank Maneka, Tom. Uh, do the socks let Frank Maneka know? Wa- oh, we're doing buy or sell, by the way. I should have said that. Buy or so. Um, oh my! <laughs> I was gosh. wondering if you were gonna like rope it in at the end after the question. No, um, my bad. Totally <laughs> missed that. Uh-oh. And I'm sure this isn't gonna get edited out. So, <laughs> not on your life, baby. <laughs> Tommy has to keep all the records of making fun of me. So, because we all know I like to dance on his grave per carry. Exactly. So, buy or sell, Tom segment time because that's what we do here on sons of Honarchy. sun segments mm-hmm. are they gonna let frank manekino walk by yourself sell that sell that all the way down the creek y'all i and i say y'all because i think like a lot of people are making noise about this and i think you mm-hmm. kind of touched on it earlier in saying you know maybe that comment has been overblown yes it's been overblown you know his 300 we don't hit homers. We hit 300. That comment was, yeah, taken to 
a degree it should not have been taken to. He made the bats look better this year than they looked last year. I'll say it. They looked a lot better than they did in 2019. Granted. And 2020, you mean? I said, I said last year and 2019. Oh, I missed the and yeah. 2019 put part. The, put the listening ears on here. Oh, they're on, buddy. On don't worry. Tie them up. Um, yeah. No, I I don't think I don't think that he's going anywhere. Um, anytime anytime soon. Uh, I mean, you got. We had a good offense this year. It just didn't show up in the playoffs. For sure. Um, I don't think they'll let him walk. I think he's on the hot seat. Fair big time. I think he's on the hot seat big time. It'll have uh, to, we'll have to see how next year goes. And shout out to the socks on tap guys. Um, by the way, crack them if you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, but on their wrap up show for the season, they brought up how Frank Manekino is, you know. <laughs> partially responsible for, for the playoff failure of the offense that we saw. Mm. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, it does come down to the players and our guys are young. A lot of our guys are young and have a lot to still learn about what a true plate approach looks like. Um, but this has also been a systemic issue for the white Sox throughout our entire lives. Tom, uh, we've never really seen, patient hitters for the White Sox. Never really seen guys draw a ton of walks. We've never really seen guys battle deep into counts. Um, and then on top of that, with advanced analytics and launch angle and all that, I don't know if the White Sox are really doing it as much as other ball clubs are. As I mean, much as they should be. And it sucks when they had a guy like Matt Lyle, a guy that we've talked about before on this podcast, um, they let him walk for no really good reason. So I, I mean, I see what you're saying. It's tough to blame that on Menechino, Menen, Menenchino, Um, when you're saying, especially when you pull out the, oh, it's a systemic issue with the White Sox. Like he took the job last year. You know, and it's also tough to say that they don't have a patient approach um, because of their lack of walks. When we had one of the leaders in walks, Yasmani is the one exception. And, you know, Yoan's known to his walk weight is way down compared to his way. No, no, down. no. His, his, his walk rate is, is fine. His walk rate is fine. His strikeout rate is, is honestly fine, in my opinion, too. It's the pounding the balls into Dingers. the ground part. It's the pounding Dingers. the balls into the ground part. And he's hitting piss missiles. He's got to work. And he's the one guy. I'll say it right now. He gets that launch angle fixed. He's hitting 25 bombs next year. Easy. That's on the low side, fam. Yeah. Um, it's, I just, yeah, that's, that's basically my thing is I don't want to, yeah, here it is right here. I, I, I misspoke with the, his walk rate is down. He's we've got two guys in the top 12 in baseball in walks on this yeah. team with yeah. Yon Mankata and, and Yasmani Grandal. Exactly. So it's not the walks. It's not the average. 
um, it's it's the launch angle. They they gotta drive the ball more. Yoan in particular, for sure. Um, other guys, I, I need to start seeing them battle deeper into counts. I need I want, I want Yuri to see to drive the ball. Aloy Jimenez <laughs> not strike out on yes. three or four pitches. Yes. Most of his at bats. Yes. Like he's he's got to be healthy and ready to rock and roll next year. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move to the next buy or sell uh, before we go into we're, a huge we're, tangent. Yeah, we're going to go crazy if we're going to go in circles after each one of these. Yeah, because this is this is all I want it to be all off season speculation right now for this buy yes. or sell. All right. Okay, Sox re-sign Kimbrel. Uh, this is two-part. Sox re-sign Craig Kimbrel. Buying or selling? Nah, buy it. Okay. Now, White Sox trade Craig Kimbrel. Buy or sell? Buy it. Yeah. <laughs> You're buying that as well. Yeah, huh? I think I, I'm pretty sure Han like tried to leak this or something through. There was some pundit, um, the one that we don't trust, Nightingale, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. he said that we're going to sign him, trade him, you know, mm-hmm. I it's in, in theory, it makes sense that you're going to, you know, pay him the contract or whatever, and then get, oops, sorry, hiccups, oof, get somebody in return. It makes sense. I, I don't, a lot of people are speculating the same thing that you know, we all speculate is that his trade value is way down, but it's still Craig Kimbrell, you know, (laughs) like, and he's shown the ability to break down and get fixed in the past. So somebody needs late inning guys, like any, any, everybody needs late inning guys, but including the White Sox. You're so you're saying sign him, keep him. Here's the thing. I agree with you. I think the White Sox are going to sign and trade him. I don't think that's necessarily what they should do. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Um, unless they're going to re-sign Tapera and then go out and get somebody else with the money that they would be paying Craig Kimbrell. Um, because right now, you're, you're at a tough spot in your bullpen. What are you going to do with Garrett Crochet? What are you going to do with Michael Kopech? Is Ryan Tapera coming back? Do you really want to use Craig Kimbrough's trade bait? Is Liam your true everyday closer? Yes. Um, then are you confident enough in Craig Kimbrough being an eighth inning guy? No. <laughs> right. So then now you're at a tough position. And if their intention this whole time was we're never moving Liam out of the nine, the ninth inning spot, then why, why the hell did yep. they even trade for Craig Kimbrough in the first place? Why was that? That's movie? my problem. That's my problem. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think they are going to. I'm going to buy that they re-sign Kimbrough, and I'm going to buy that they trade Kimbrough because I don't think they have enough confidence in moving Liam to like an eighth inning role and moving Kimbrough back to the closer spot. Even though personally, yeah, that's what I would do. It's, um, I don't think you're giving it enough credit. Like th- it's not a good fit for, for Craig Kimbrell right now. I think in that, like the personnel around him isn't, isn't fitting his style. He's not giving the opportunity that he deserves. 
he's he's just better suited in a different organization at this point, especially I after just, the failures. I just hope that they can get what, what he's worth back, you know? <laughs> That's not happening. But I, I hope so, too. It's got to be an everyday starter. It's got to be an everyday starter. We'll trade for Jock Peterson. I don't want it to be Jock Peterson. You have Jock <laughs> Peterson already. You have Jock Peterson in your lineup. At, at, Gavin Sheets. Yeah, I was... You have get you have Jock Peterson in the form of Gavin Sheets. I was trying to Except remember not a, not as good defensively. Before I said, yeah, not as good defensively actually. Somehow, um, okay. Next one. Socks make a big addition at before the season starts, so more than eighteen million dollars per year kind of contract. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna buy that. So I don't know who it's gonna be. Um, I like. There's a couple. <laughs> There's a couple guys off of big contracts from um, the Colorado Baseball Club. Uh, if you're interested in some Rockies, um, Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman, that technically. You call them the Colorado Baseball Club. Is there something <laughs> bad about the Rockies? Is there, no, is there underlying no. racist tones that I should be aware of, Tom? <laughs> they use white in their logo. Um, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> the big yikes. No, um, I. I, I just think that's there. And that's, that's not, there's a lot of big free agents this upcoming year. One of them we're watching still perform really, really admirably in the playoffs right now in Carlos Correa. Uh, I don't want him to be on the base on the white Sox uh, Cause he's an asshole uh, and it'd be hard to cheer for him, but he's objectively probably the best player in the MLB right now. Um, and that's, very, very high praise with people like Mookie Betts walking around. Um, I, ah, the, there's a lot of big name free agents out there. And it, it, it seems like it, it's not a huge class because you don't have anybody who's super, super young. But you've got a really fresh free agent class that we should pounce on. We'll, we'll get somebody. And I think there's going to be some positions shuffling. That is a that's a prediction that I I don't know what it's going to be, but I think somebody big is going to have to scooch over to make room for somebody big. I pray that you are right on this buy. I'm going to sell it because this team is still owned <laughs> by Jerry Reinsdorf. Oh, you're yeah, but he's going to die soon, Steve. Look at what they did with the Bulls. By the way, big win, baby. Oh, I know. Big First win. big win of the season. You already know. One step closer to that. Uh, 21-22 NBA Finals Championship that I bet on. You already know. <laughs> I will say the offense for the Bulls, this would be my only Bulls take, the offense didn't click quite like I hoped it was going to. It looks a little first sloppy. Game of the year. I know, the first game of the season. And All I right, really back, back to baseball. Yes. Back to baseball. Um, even though I, I'm going to sell it right now, about the $18 million per contract. I think they might add somebody at 15 max. Um because it's going to come down to guys that they want to bring back. So Cesar Hernandez, does he get his $6 million option? Are you buying or selling it? I'm buying it. And the reason why I'm buying it, I'm buying it because, oh, this is later on. Can we skip ahead to Leary? (laughs) Because the reason why I'm buying it is because I think they let Leary walk. Why don't don't you just hop right into that? Let's plug it right in, Tom. We have Leary legend making the 2022 roster. Do we believe in that? I, I say they sign Cesar Hernandez 
because they're letting Leary go. And that means that they need somebody with the ability to play multiple positions at a higher rate. And then they get somebody and make Cesar a bench guy. He's well-suited for that role. Defensive replacement infielder. Are the White Sox going to get that can play multiple positions and hit well? I'm saying that Cesar is that band-aid. That you're getting rid of Leary, but Cesar use Cesar play multiple positions. He doesn't have any ability to move around the infield. No, none whatsoever. No, he played shortstop before, I believe. But again, I I definitely think that Leary's time with the organization is at its max, and that's regardless of whether or not that we keep if Cesar. there's anything I've learned from the White Sox organization is that we love holding on to guys longer than they need to be there. Leary legend will be on your 2022 White Sox start like 40 man at least. Well, well, he doesn't have an option. No, he'll be on the 26. The other thing to think about is if nobody signs him, Tony will pay his salary gladly to keep absolutely because Tony's like you can, you help me keep my job you help me win one playoff game um jeez <laughs> um and Man. here actually this this leads me back to the more than 18 million per year do are, do you buy or sell the White Sox add a number one through number four guy to the rotation I'm not talking about an Ivan Nova boo-boo pitcher number five <laughs> slot guy. I'm talking one through four. Are they going to add a guy one through four to this rotation and the off season, man, it's tough. I I'd, I'd have to pull up spot track to like give a definitive who like what kind of caliber. I think they're going to get a starting pitcher. I think they're yep. going to, I mean, especially with your, with losing Rodon, not knowing what Kopech is going to be. Um, I think you kind of have to, honestly. Um, well, you, something to think about right now is only one through three are solidified right now. Yeah, you've got Lin extended. You've got Giolito. You've got Cease. That's one through three. So anybody that's in the Cease yep. range or a little bit lower, but more proven than a Michael Kopech is your four. Yeah. These names, we're not going to go into names, but I I think that this is probably where that $18 million addition comes in. I think you're going to get a smaller, like 10 or under addition. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Steve. I think they're going to spend $28 million more on payroll next year because of how the postseason went this year they're going to get a guy for 10 million for the outfield they're going to get a guy for 18 million for the for the starting rotation well you forgot they got a guy for 10 million out in the outfield last year and they cut his ass adam eaton adam eaton that's that didn't he have a club option could they pick that club option up that's (laughs) the fuck up of all of this it's not necessarily about what you're paying a guy it's about getting the right guy in the door. And they offered Jock the money, but they were like, oh, he was like, oh, I'm not playing every day. Screw you guys. Um, <laughs> you got to get the right guy through the door. That's the yeah. kicker. I mean, you can throw money at anybody. Um, yeah. I think, and that's the, this is where they're going to get close, but not hit the 18 mil, in my opinion, 
is they're going to sign a fourth starter, um, especially with how poorly the starting pitching held up yeah. throughout the season. And I'm not saying performance-wise even. I'm saying health-wise. Um, t- it goes there. back to that 10.8 number, right? Yep. Um, how many starters did you really, yeah. really need more than just five guys? De- you're depending on five guys to stay healthy through the entire year, and that just doesn't happen. You're expecting five guys to hold up perfectly going into the postseason. That's just not going to happen in today's baseball. So that's where I'm going to buy that they add a fourth starter. I would love Marcus Stroman. And I know Marcus Stroman has come out and had Mm -hmm. some comments about TLR before. He's been very like, who is this boomer? Like, this this dude is ridiculous. Like, I can't believe him. But all it takes is our guy, Tim Anderson, to get in Marcus Stroman's ear and say, hey, he's going to make you a better baseball player. Yeah, He's going to put you in a situation to win a World Series, which is something Stroman has not even sniffed. Ugh. And he was good this year. Solid. So, that's yeah. all we need. We need somebody that's solid. I, if Marcus I, Stroman yeah. were a four, I would just like salivate yeah yeah and i man that is something that really frustrates me though like the fact that we had the most strikeouts in the american league and then none of our starters made it out of the third it's like ridiculous i mean i know this is this is modern baseball not the band modern baseball but actual modern baseball right it's not uh, where yeah. starters don't go far, but that's not that's not going to cut it. It wasn't. But that's the, the thing is, it's not even like starters not going far because starters don't go far. It was starters not going far because they couldn't. Yep. You know, it's very different because you could pull a starter in the fourth after, you know, 87 pitches and they give up a hit, you yep. know, and. And I get it because it's new baseball. Good, good, good job spilling that entire Oktoberfest. Did you just see that? Yeah, you completely missed your mouth. Um, Just got a little bit on the mic cover. This is why we have mic covers. (laughs) That's why it's not to stop the popping of the peas, but so that when you spill beer all over it. Um, No, but it's a totally different situation when you have your starter go for and, you know, Blake Snell, right? You pull him after five innings, even though he's pitching lights out. Very different situation <laughs> than like pulling Carlos Rodon because he can't get out, you know, or pulling Cease because he can't get out of the second, you know, and pulling Gilito after the f- four, whatever, you know, yeah, it's four like, and change. Yeah. That was the one that frustrated me the most. Volume yeah. too. I, I, I think you pulled Gio too early. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of starting pitching, last two buy or sells, we can make them quick. Um, they're based on two guys that are current on the 2021 roster. One for sure will be on 22. The other one has a club option that will be offered to him. Carlos Rodon, we'll start there. Does he take a club option? Are you buying or selling? Selling it, dude. He's got, um, yeah, he's got Boris as his agent. There's no way. There's no way. You don't think he's going to take a nice, like, I don't know, $17 million qualifying offer? No, no, I there's no, 
I, I he's going to want to go and make that money because he's waited his entire career to do that. And he's finally pitched well enough, healthy enough, rather, I guess, Man. to make himself worth it. I hope whoever it is enjoys that nice small sample size they get. Yeah. I mean, I you're a douche for saying that, by the way. Um, I think that I wish him the best. I wish him the best, but I think some team is just going to overpay for him. You already know. So next one, Michael Kopech. Starter by June by yourself. That's a big fat buy. Yeah, he's this is this is where he was protected this whole season for this next season to be ramped up. I, I can't see a way around it, especially considering we don't really have a solidified four and five. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to buy two starting pitchers this off season? That's a lot. That's asking a lot. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I think we get one guy and we, we promote your mans. Um, let's see what yeah. happens. I think so. Kopech got a start during Patriots Day weekend in Boston, which is mid-April, and then he got a start in late April, like April twenty-fourth or twenty-fifth at home. I can see him doing that kind of some spot starts in the first month, month and a half, and then he's gonna. I'm I'm seeing him hitting the rotation, even if it's a six minute. Like if you got guys that you can run on a six-man rotation do it because arm fatigue and injuries were a big problem down the stretch for this team so just freaking do it the astros went with a six-man rotation for a lot of the season and they're doing all right so yeah probably uh at this definitely at this point front runners to win the al um with a three-two lead yeah, if they need to win one more game to win the and AL, so two, that's that's a pretty good front runner status. <laughs> one of those three, two of those games of those three would possibly be at home. So yeah, yep. Indeed. All right. Well, Tom, how are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm I'm not feeling as good as some of the players are about the ball club right now. A lot of the players went out and said that this was actually a really good season with where with the team taking big steps forward. I um I'm not quite there. You know, I, I'm I'm a little doom and gloom. I'm a little bit more doom and gloom, but I am willing to celebrate the fact that this was a really good season. You know, it wasn't what we wanted it to be, and that doesn't mean that it's okay. Like it's not okay that we got bounced that early in the playoffs. We did run into a team that was a hell of a lot better than us. And it showed that's where I have a problem. It's not like the season itself was good, but the fact that we were that outmatched in a playoff series, that's not good. You know? Yeah. I'm going to leave it to ill. We want a division. Yeah. Ill preparedness. Um, Mm. I can't tell you how outplayed as well as outcoached the Chicago White Sox were in that series. Um, just looking at not, not only, and I've already talked about plate approach, but there, there was a photo that was taken or, or, or part of a video where I can't remember what game this was. I want to say it was game 
two um, where there was a pitching change or somebody had called time and Jordan Alvarez comes back to the bench um, before his at bat and somebody's running through either video with him on an iPad or pitch sequence or something. That's something that the White Sox need to hop on stat. I, I know, yeah. I know Tony Larusa may have never seen an iPad in his life, <laughs> but it's time for someone to introduce him and, and Miguel and everybody else on that coaching staff to, Hey, this is how you coach in game. Yeah. It's not just motivate motivational speeches. Don't cut it anymore. Yeah. Pay attention to the dugouts in the rest of the playoffs. A lot of these teams, a lot of these really good teams, the cream of the crop teams, you'll see those players and their coaches with iPads out reviewing what they just saw on the field and what they should do in the upcoming sequence. You'll see it all the time. iPads out with the Dodgers, iPads out with the Houston Astros, iPads out with the New York Yankees. This is, this is a thing in the league. Go watch some damn film in the dugout and get yourself right for the next at bat. Should be happening in the White Sox organization. And it's not. Bingo. And they don't even shift. They don't even shift. So what? Jeez, I don't even want to talk about the shifting. Oh, gee. Analytics department, please, 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 please. Um, yeah. That and our old ass manager. So who, who knew we would be right back here? Start of the season, complaining <laughs> about our old ass manager. End of the season, complaining about our old ass manager. Man, comes full circle, man. It's great. I love it. Go Bulls. Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> what a way to wrap up our wrap-up podcast. Yes. Yes. Tommy, you have anything else you want to add in? Man, I, uh, I'm i excited for the offseason because I think it's going to bring a lot of good moves. Um, and <laughs> I think we're about to say in Han we trust. Pray for a World Series next year we must. Have a good one, everybody. You're damn right. We'll see you in a week or so.